Welcome to Plex Weather. This is Jason Anderson from Black and Red United. We're going to talk about the Washington Spirit on this podcast, which comes out on the eve of the Challenge Cup, or not even the eve, hours before the Challenge Cup gets underway, the eve of the Spirit's first Challenge Cup game, which is what you're here for. This is a Spirit podcast. So you should you should watch that game Friday night. I myself will be hoping to get back from the Maryland women's basketball game. Go Terps in time for that opening Challenge Cup match. Anyway, now that I've talked about the thing I'm doing later today, uh, which is not soccer or podcasting, is basketball. We have a whole show for you. We I did it again. I'll never stop. I'll never be able to stop doing that. My guest is Meg Linehan uh, from The Athletic. You probably know Meg from reporting on soccer. I would hope if you found this podcast, I assume you know Meg already. We basically tried to get to the bottom of the question, what is the Challenge Cup? I don't know that we succeeded, but we did give it a shot. But before we get to that, I do want to run through the Spirit news of note lately, and there is there's a good deal. The Spirit have signed Amber Brooks to a one-year contract, so she will join the center back core of Emily Sonnet, Sam Staub, Karina Rodriguez, and Aaliyah Martin. So that's that's a very deep group of center backs, not to mention players like Gabby Vincent or Andy Sullivan, who have played there in the past. So very, very deep group at center back, which will be necessary for a calendar that is going to feature a few games uh, that overlap the international window. The, the league has tried to reduce the number of those, but reduce does not mean eliminate. And so there will be a few of those to deal with. Speaking of which, the calendar, the schedule, not the calendar, the schedule is out. The calendar has been out for a few years, uh, if not uh, several thousand. The schedule is out. Uh, you can go to Black and Red United. Uh, there is a post with the schedule. It's in a sheet, uh, a, a spreadsheet that makes it easy for you to view. We don't have the broadcast information yet. We do know the schedule of the games, the spirit Regular season begins May 1st with uh, what I think is an absolutely huge game, Washington Spirit versus O.L. Reign at Audi Field, uh, which is very exciting. May 1st, good time for an opening game. The weather's usually nice. Uh, I believe that one is a 5 p.m. kickoff. There are a lot of 5 p.m. kickoffs, and if you sit on the camera or press box side of the stadium, or maybe you haven't been over to that side of the stadium before, or whatever the case is, if you don't know... That side of the stadium is going to get blasted by the sun. Bring your sunblock. I know from experience. Do not get roasted. The full full schedule is over at uh, Black and Red United. You can read it there. Uh, the Spirit will be splitting their home schedule. Six at Audi Field, five at Segra Field. I don't think anyone's super happy about that, but it seems to be the way of the world. One mystery that still is out there that I can't get to the bottom of, or I haven't yet anyway, is... The fact that three of those Segra games come during a break in DC United schedule, I don't really understand that. Seems like that would be a time to play at Audi Field and not Segra Field, but I am just a person that writes and talks about soccer on the internet. I don't know the mechanics of stadium contracts and the ins and outs of all that. So hopefully I can get to the bottom of it. Hopefully someone else can get to the bottom of it somewhere, but until then, it's a fact of life. It's not the best situation for, for anyone, but it is, unfortunately, the way it's going to be this year. The good news, though, you've still got six games at, at Audi Field, including the last three home games uh, are all there. So that's a, that's a big plus. Um, those are the major news items. The Spirit, according to a report from Kellen Soong from the Washington City paper, he did a, a full interview with Chris Ward that uh, you should check out as well. The Spirit kind of confirmed uh, something that was sort of an unspoken thing, which is that Ben Olsen is now the acting general manager for the team. I don't know how long that arrangement uh, is going to set in place, but it is it, it has been it has seemed to be, uh, like I said, in kind of an unspoken way for a good good while. Olsen and Chris Ward were in charge of the team's offseason moves and, and acquisitions and all that stuff. And it seems like that's the way they're rolling forward right now. They also, in that same article in the city paper, are planning on signing NWSL Best 11 midfielder Angela Salem, who retired at the end of last season as an assistant coach. Uh, Salem played for the Spirit in 2015 and seems to be a pretty pretty big-time pickup in terms of an assistant coach to add to a staff that has Lee Wynn and Paul Crichton as the goalkeeper coach. So 
Um, I know the spirit had wanted to make sure that their staff didn't settle at three. They wanted it to be at least four coaches. So they worked something out to make a a pretty surprising uh, a pretty surprising addition. And if you ever saw Salem play, you know uh, how cerebral she is about the game, the way she went about it as a player. So you can only imagine what she can add to the coaching staff. I think that is, I mean, there's been a lot of major news since the last time this podcast came out. Those are the hits this week. They released a kit, but this is a podcast and I don't, I can't sit here and do a good job showing you a kit with words uh, in audio form. There's an article of Black and United. We've got some photos. If you're listening to this, you've probably seen the kit release uh, video, etc. So yes, there are two kits. There's a community kit. There is the regular season kit, which is the 10th anniversary kit is the name they're giving that one. Um, I think the Spirit have come up with a pretty creative way to deal with the fact that they want these new kits for 2022, but they also weren't going to get them in time, is my understanding. This is not from the Spirit, but just uh, an NWSL-wide supply chain issue that why not, why wait to have them when you can play in a kit that does something for the community? So this is a team that has made a point of involving itself in the community, so they're hence the community kit. Um, like I said, I'm not going to try and I said I wasn't going to describe it and I promptly did start describing uh, kit details. The photos are better. I promise that I've heard a photo is worth a thousand words. I don't know if that's true. I'm sorry for even saying that. Uh, I'm sure you're groaning in disgust right now. And I, I agree. And now that I have possibly alienated any new listeners, here's my interview with Meg. So for the first time on Plexweather, the first time uh, she's been, I guess, cursed by the Plexweather lightning bolt, uh, I am being joined by none other than the Athletics' Meg Linehan. Meg, how's it going? You know, it's good. I, I have my broken leg up as I'm recording this, <laughs> yes. so <laughs> that's about uh, all I can hope for these days. Yeah, um, I, I guess the first question people are people are going to yell at me if I don't ask this. So how are you? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I am actually a little surprised at, I think, where I'm at in terms mm-hmm. of recovery, because I mean, when I was in the hospital after I, so I broke my tibia and fibula at the same time in a skiing accident. That's bad. And when I was, yes, it, it <laughs> was, I do not recommend it. That is, that has been my joke. I do not recommend this to anyone like mm-hmm. zero out of 10, no stars. Um, but they had to keep reminding me in the hospital, like you have a traumatic injury, calm down. Like you're not going home yet. Calm down. So, and I just remember like getting home the first day, like my dad drove me home from the hospital. It was like a two hour drive from where I was in the hospital and he hit a bump at one point and I legitimately like screamed in the back seat and got home and was crying. Cause I was like, Oh, I shouldn't have left the hospital. And then to now where I'm at, like, you know, it's been a month since it happened really. And like in physical therapy can put weight on it again. Okay. I graduate to the to the recumbent bike, nice. <laughs> like the, the like seated bike next week. So, you know, it's going, I, I think in a weird way, I'm actually grateful now for the challenge cup being a preseason tournament because I do not feel the pressure of needing to right, travel right. right off the bat. So yeah. it's actually kind of been a, a blessing in disguise for me. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a good way to put it. Um, I, I guess, first of all, um, cause we've talked about this before. Like I have um, metal, residing in my body as well, but it's in my jaw instead of my leg. Um, I don't know if they've given you, um, they told me when I had, this was when I was 18. So it was forever ago, but they told me I might need a card that would be like, you need to have this card to get through metal detectors to show people that it's, it's literally in you and you can't remove it. Yeah. And then they just never did. And it never set off any metal detectors. So I was like, did they decide on the day? Like, let's put in this other substance that was never clarified to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they said in theory, uh, I was not going to set off metal detectors. I mean, I'm guessing my first trip of the season is going to be for the Angel City home opener on mm-hmm. April 29th. Now that we have that date. So I am going to find out. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see if, you know, I have TSA pre-check just because I travel so much for work. Right. So maybe like that's like a nice bonus of they'll give me the benefit of the doubt because they have all of my personal information. And right have judged me not a threat to the country. So we'll see. <laughs> it's just, it's just a piece of metal I'm carrying around. Don't worry about it. It's just a nice rod, the entire length <laughs> of my shin and also four screws. So right. nothing, nothing to worry about. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, 
Well, anyway, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're progressing um, and uh, getting things like, I mean, you take it for granted, then it's all of a sudden, like, I get to, I get to be on a recumbent bike. That's pretty great. Yeah. I I mean, like as me, I, I love, like, I actually had gotten a registration for like a giant 40 mile bike ride around New York city. And I was like, well, I guess that's not happening. So for me now, it's (laughs) just like, I have been like waiting for the bike and my physical therapist this week was like, I know you want to, but you're not ready. And I was like, my brain and my heart say yes. My knee, which still does not bend, right? Like mm. they put the rod in through my kneecap, which feels like the worst part of it because my knee wasn't the problem. And now right. my knee is the problem. So, but yeah, the bike is next week. So I'm very excited. That that sounds medieval, by the way. The the fact that they were like, we got to get this thing in there somehow. Uh, we'll go through I, your When kneecap. he was describing the surgery to me, I just remember looking at him and I was like, I don't think I want more details than that. Yes. You, you can stop talking because I don't want to think about it. Thank you. Like, I, I think there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people that definitely want to know every last little thing. And then people are like, I, like, I know you're, you're going to cut me open. I know the general region. We're good. Yeah. So it's, it's really the me model versus the Steph Young model yes yes um definitely thinking of of steph as a uh i, I don't know if, if people listening to this if you follow you you might still follow Paige nielsen you maybe saw her rib uh on instagram she's in that category i think as well since she was like listen everyone i'm gonna post a photo of my rib here it comes and then it was a rib um, it was a rib it was a rib we just i i really do enjoy that all of us i think click through thinking like it's not gonna be that bad but then it was just straight up a rib yeah i didn't know i didn't know that it would be as thick as it is i don't know why i think i was thinking it was going to look like like a beef rib or a pork rib and it's not it's a human rib um but anyway now that now that we've talked enough about like grizzly uh (laughs) grizzly surgeries that that people wanted to avoid um i guess we're on we're, we're recording this it's like 50 plus hours uh, until the spirit play their challenge cup game. It's even less time till the challenge cup kicks off. And Meg, the question I have for you is the question that I have been asking myself for a solid, you know, six months or so. What is the challenge cup? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a valid question. It, it, it is so interesting to me just to talk about the challenge cup, honestly, as if it is a thing that matters right at the moment, because mm-hmm. it's not just like, the state of the world right but also i just even looking at kind of the concept of the nwsl and where the league is at and kind of everything we went through last year and the trajectory of the league right you know i i went back and i reread my preview piece for last year's challenge cup right and obviously the first one mid covid first professional league back right like this was truly like challenge cup was the right name for it right But last year, I think the Challenge Cup being a preseason tournament made a lot of sense because there were still questions of, you know, we hadn't had games in home markets yet, really, in front of fans, at least. Things were still kind of like the league needed some wiggle room. And it felt like at the time I wrote the right amount of ambition for the NWSL to kind of ease their way back into business as usual. Mm. But now in 2022, and I think what we've seen in some of the conversation around the Challenge Cup is, everyone is approaching this as a preseason tournament. It is not now this kind of competition that truly has a lot of weight in the league. Like, especially the expansion teams coming in are looking at it as we're going to treat it as a development exercise. This is a chance for us to like get games against other NWSL opponents, but the players obviously are looking at this now very frustrated because there's major tournaments happening this summer between CONCACAF euros but other you know other confederations playing tournaments in this big july window and nwsl is going to be playing through that yes. when we could have potentially challenge cup have moved into that slot and use it as a development opportunity for younger players or or reserve players right so now i think the big question is is this the model moving forward right what is actually forcing challenge cup to be a preseason tournament? Is it a sponsor? Is it broadcast obligations? Is it just the league's approach and like a weird dedication to a three-year-old tournament that has been played at two different times, right? There's no history here that needs to tie the league to it. So right at the moment, it still kind of feels overall like a novelty, but 
I, there is kind of this sense from NWSL world that like, even by joking and calling it a preseason tournament, there is kind of this frustration of like, no, it matters. It matters. And it's like, it really, it does, it does, it does not have the weight of, you know, I think there is such a good and interesting model in England, like FA cup, Conti cup, right? Like you have mm-hmm. these additional trophies that teams want to play for. And then it gives it weight because you could potentially earn multiple trophies. That's where we need to be challenge cup as it stands right now, as just a concept is not fully there yet. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I've, I've been thinking about, you know, in speaking to people with the spirit um, in speaking to players, whether that's, you know, on the record or not, um, hearing other reporters and their experiences talking to players around the league with their teams. I haven't heard any, there's no, like, there's this person thinks the challenge cup is awesome. Um, There's no, there's no one person who is like, this is a great idea as is. It doesn't need anything more than cosmetic changes. It's like, ah, you know, there are other, I think people want a cup. Um, I think that's kind of a recurring theme that people like the idea of something. Um, It's just playing it now, uh, playing it as, this very long preseason tournament, you know, if you go to the final uh, this year, but you don't go to the playoffs, I think it's like 26% of your competitive games or quote unquote competitive games will be challenge cup games. So um, it's a significant part of the year. And yet it's also most of, most of the teams appear to be even willing to say out loud in public, like, yeah, we're using this to try and figure some stuff out. Um, You know, Chris Ward just talked to media today and talked about they're trying to change some some stylistic things. There's small small changes, but still changes that he wants to implement. And back in February, before they left for Florida, he mentioned that they're worried about the international windows coming up in the summer. So they're like, we we have so many players that are going to get called up. Our players that aren't going to be starters in like a final need to be ready for those games. So that's what the Challenge Cup is for. Um, and that seems to be that's like the kind the kind position on the challenge cup at this point is like but also like that makes so much more sense like this should that could be the strength of the challenge cup is mm-hmm. using it as a development opportunity for players who are not going to get you know a, a huge starting role right mm-hmm. on an nwsl team during the regular season and that's why you know, when players like Alex Morgan, Lynn Williams, Rachel Daly are willing to speak up, go on the record and say, why are we not putting this in the summer where it makes sense on our calendar? And then also other players beyond us are getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, you could maybe treat it essentially as because I think that was part of the fun of the original Challenge Cup is we're not used to a tournament format. You kind of do get this like March Madness yeah. sense of stakes to it and if you brought in younger players right like it would give a chance for someone like olivia moultrie to to shine right to get that kind of big starring role and like that's maybe a, something that the nwsl doesn't have yet right like of, of creating that kind of pipeline of this is your next big player right. and this is an opportunity for them to like make their name and then force their way into the starting team in a public setting and not just in training. Right. We're we're not taking the coach's word for it that, you know, such and such is playing really well. And it's like, I'm, you know, that's cool that you, you say, so, you know, a lot, but like the rest of us would like to see it. Um, Yeah. That's it's, you know, I've been thinking about this and I hate to be as much of a nerd as I am, but um, I have to bring up um, this thing that in, I know in Japanese men's soccer, they do it. I don't think they, I don't think it's big enough yet on the women's side, but they have a tournament called the Levain cup or whatever the sponsor's name is, but it's basically, it has a group stage like the challenge cup. And then it has a knockout round like the challenge cup, but they just, it's sprinkled in throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you still get the cup thing at the end. You still get the knockout rounds. You still have a group stage. You're involving more teams and everyone gets more games in. Um, that are guaranteed that are built into their schedule, but it's not so obviously, I mean, teams aren't ready for a knockout tournament right now. Um, you know, this, the spirit have played one preseason match with most of their players, not there. Other teams have had scrimmages. You know, I think the rain mentioned having played some boys teams and, and local colleges that were completely closed door. 
Um, that's kind of the deal right now is that everyone's very much as much as preseason has been going on for a little while preparation wise it feels like everyone is not really that far along they're it's slow march. playing it it's march like it's just <laughs> like we're not there yet and yeah i i think what is potentially really interesting is you know whether that they do kind of take the model right of sprinkling it throughout the season or you have some element like you know like a two-week period in preseason to like kick off the tournament and then you go into a regular season you could take the wnba model right with mm-hmm. the commissioners games where they are regular season games that count towards this tournament structure you know mm-hmm. there are multiple possibilities but what i think has not happened at the league level is a real sit down conversation about the nwsl calendar and how a it interacts with the international fifa calendar right mm-hmm. other leagues transfer windows all of that kind of stuff but also like what they want from the product do they want to interact with Mexico more, right? Do they want, like, what are the goals (laughs) from a product point of view? Mm -hmm. Like, I think those conversations have happened, but we have not really seen any changes. And and what I just wrote in my preview story about this tournament really was for a league that has spoken so much over the past two years about how great they are at adapting to things, right? And they're so quick and nimble and they can move on their feet. We're not seeing it really happening with the challenge cup this Mm -hmm. year in terms of what purpose it serves and so i think that is kind of the frustration to your point players are not out here being like oh i'm gonna win challenge we're gonna win (laughs) challenge cup we we need that trophy right now if they win the trophy i think that's great like they're gonna absolutely count it in the tally right yeah you know that was kind of the storyline around portland last year challenge cup women's icc you know trying to aim for the shield for the championship like that is a good narrative for the league because it gives additional weight but that like that has kind of just slipped away i think yeah. for 2022 yeah i i you know I, I think one of the conversations that i feel like i've been in five or six times throughout the winter has been who does want to win this thing um from a like who's going to be motivated enough to maybe shade towards their first choice players for 75% of the minutes or whatever. Cause I don't think anyone's going to roll starters out over and over again at all. No. Um, but like who, which clubs are even like super into uh, winning it. And it becomes like, well, there are some teams that haven't won anything. So maybe they're in that, you know, that group, you know, if, if Gotham won it, won it all, I think they would make a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the expansion teams would love to be able to introduce themselves in their cities and say, like, look, we won something right away. Um, yeah. But also, but- like, that's kind of the wild thing with this Challenge Cup, right? San Diego, let's say San Diego decides to, like, make some weird point. Mm-hmm. The Challenge Cup final is literally the same day as their home opener. Yes. Yes. The the strangeness, this is the strangest thing maybe of all, um, is the fact that the final is going to necessitate multiple teams rescheduling regular season games that were just announced, but are now like you can pencil them in on your calendar, but you have to accept that maybe that game won't occur um, because they might have a final. I know if the spirit were to go to the final and be the host of that final, they'd have a big problem on their hands because DC United is at home on May 7th. The Audi Audi field will not be occupied. And I don't think the league particularly wants to put, segra field on big cbs uh for everyone to see um so i don't know what they would do um i don't know what so i haven't checked you know if gotham were to get in the red bulls might be a conflict you've got multiple other um mls ground shares that might be a problem so on top of that it's just you know you're putting those clubs under a stress of having to reorganize you know deal with a canceled game sell tickets to one, one team's got to sell tickets to a game on three days notice, two days notice. Um, none of those seem good. Uh, I don't see how the, I don't see a way that those are ideas that work for everyone. Like I can't think of a way that it's, it just feels like um, to, to think about that ship that ran aground in the, the Chesapeake Bay earlier this week. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. That, it, well, the ever, ever forward or whatever ever forward it is. Yeah. It, and even more yeah. positive name that then promptly, I I I'm I know this is not how it went, but I'm picturing that it like skidded out and, and like almost like like a cool guy in a movie trying to like um, stop short rain in ice skates, uh, like skidding up like that and then being stuck. Um, yep. 
but yeah, this is how the challenge cup feels to me is like something that just sort of drifted into place and is now stuck and it's not good for anyone, but it's also we're stuck with it at least for the time being. Right. I mean, we're definitely stuck for it right now. I will be curious to see if maybe there's some, I, I, you know, we saw the NWSL championship get moved obviously Mm -hmm. last. So there is potential that maybe CBS would, would be open to a conversation of moving it to a, a, another midweek game. The semifinals are midweek games Mm -hmm. on a Wednesday night, at least bumping it to a Wednesday night would maybe a give you a week to set things up, but B not necessitate changing regular season games, potentially a home opener for a new expansion team. You know, I, the chances of San Diego making the final are maybe slim, especially the way that Casey Stoney has talked about this tournament and, mm-hmm. and using it as a development opportunity and like really her first chance of seeing the team. But it is, it's just one of those NWSL things where you look at it and you're just like, in what, what world did we decide that this was the plan? Right. Because any rational human being is going to look at it and say, there has to be a better, like, I'm sure, I, you know, like, I'm sure there are factors. But also, unless they are going to share the factors publicly on what is making them put the Challenge Cup final on the same day as regular season games, I'm sorry we get to look at it and say it's just not a good look for the NWSL. And it's one of those weird NWSL things. It's just like you did it to yourself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's. It really is one of those things that I feel like everyone would think of it as avoidable um, or at least maybe not avoidable, but like there's a formatting problem that locks you into problems um, that you get, you get stuck with these, you know, these strain, the strangeness of this whole thing. It's, it's, there's no good angle. Like I've, we've all had months to think about it and it's still like, yeah, I don't know. I can't, fig- <laughs> I can't figure out what to make of this thing. I mean, it's really funny because I feel like we've had all these work conversations about Challenge Cup, right? And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily the ones that like Steph and I are having or we're having with our editors, but like other people from the company are like, oh, well, we're, we want to make a big deal out of this. And I'm like, no, no, no. Sweetie, <laughs> it's Challenge Cup. We're not yeah. doing it. Like, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> Wait like, for the regular season. Yeah, you got to April 29th. Like, that's when you're going to go to the bank. It's going to be big. Like, that's right. the party time. This is This is a very different vibe. Like, we're just here to have fun and like, you know, I are the games going to be good? Mm, probably so, not. Some, maybe. I, some. I, I do think that there's, like, I'm personally really looking forward, honestly, to the opener between Racing Louisville and Kansas City Current. Like, mm-hmm. it's just honestly the first time we're going to get to see so many of these teams that have had really, like, major roster changes, right? Like, you know, I'm ready to see Ebony Salmon and, and Jessica McDonald playing together. I'm ready yeah. to see Jessica McDonald playing against Lynn Williams, right? Like, it's just stuff that we haven't seen before. There are, there's going to be narratives, you know, Yuki Nagasato going from Louisville back to Chicago, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of interesting stuff that's happening, but it's not going to be at the same level as the regular season, and especially not at the same level of the regular season once we really get a playoff race going. Yeah, uh, definitely. And especially, you know, Chris Ward mentioned something today about how the players that have had two national team camps uh, during the winter, uh, going back to just before preseason and then in the middle of preseason, um, he was saying that they're still pretty far ahead in terms of fitness and sharpness than the rest of the group. Um, So you have some players who probably don't need that much uh, in terms of minutes. it's more of a training exercise for them to just be like, okay, we're, we're making this shift. I just need to, you know, this is like, I'm getting half an hour to, you know, work it out against a, a live opponent. Um, but yeah, a if lot there are of player injuries in this tournament. Yeah. Ooh, it's going to be bad. Like why? <laughs> yes. Right. Like players are going to feel like, why was I playing in this? What, what was the point of this? Yeah. yeah. What, what did I risk this for? Um, because you've got, you know, Vlatko is making shifts with the national team. If you're a player who's on that edge, um, are you risking that potentially going to the CONCACAF W championship in the summer over the Challenge Cup, over like game three I, out of six? I, like, oh, man, I would be, you would have to like peel me off of a wall. Like, I would just be on a different level of anger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who, I mean, you can't possibly blame the players for it because it's like, 
you risk you risk getting injured at training or or in a regular season game but there's the understanding of like i'm trying to win this thing that really matters um this the challenge cup no one is convinced about its importance uh outside of it's a it's a pretty good preseason tournament like as far as preseason tournaments go it's pretty great uh you've got all the teams in the league um mm-hmm. it's on tv it's not three three random journalists who got the invite to come stand by like a random training field um it's it's got more seriousness to it but it's not it's not positioned as a preseason tournament so yeah. when it's a preseason tournament being positioned as the big deal i still don't know um i i feel like we didn't actually crack the because <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there's a cracking it i don't yeah. I, I just think like we kind of have to live with the version of it that exists right now, I, mm-hmm. I do think it made so much more sense last year to move it to preseason because again, like, you know, we are still dealing with a global pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, that is still the case, but I think because there has been just kind of the acceptance of, well, we're going to play in home markets. We're going to have fans, right? Like we're going to essentially act as if we're, we're kind of back in, in the running. You have to start thinking about just the role of it in the calendar, what you can do with it. And if, you know, if the the messaging around this was, okay, one more year of this, and then we're going to completely rethink it, then I think a lot of us would have a lot more patience with it. Sure. And I think yeah. the players would have a lot more patience with it. But what I did find really interesting, just even leading into preseason, right, is when the decision got made for Challenge Cup to be a preseason tournament, I do think that there was kind of the sense with the players when they were still in CBA negotiations of, oh, that gives us an advantage because we don't care about this. And if we do legitimately have to go on strike in order to get a CBA done, no one's going to mind missing challenge cup games. Mm. So it just, there is this kind of, the product itself is undermined just by its very existence. And and right. so I, I think, you know, again, there is, value to it as a preseason tournament but then turning it into yes the the kind of like pomp and circumstance of this is a a prestige turn it just you gotta you gotta own it for what it is and i think that's kind of the reassuring thing i think from us in terms of people who cover the league is that there is this understanding of we know we're seeing through it yeah we know what it is the expectations need to get dialed back yeah definitely um I mean, I guess the the only thing I can think of that could cure this problem would be U.S. soccer uh, coming up with a cup competition of their own since they run one on the men's side that they've been running for quite a while. Mm. Um, One of these days, I guess. uh, I don't know if 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 someone's got the money to sponsor that kind of thing, it might help. Um, In U.S., uh, an open cup did come up at since I sit through the U.S. soccer board meetings, which I would not recommend to anyone. But there is, you know, there is kind of this ongoing conversation. And now I think, Mm -hmm. you know, with USL and W League coming into the space, there is a lot more potential for an open cup to come in. And also, again, like that's a good, exciting thing where the same way that we see MLS teams approach open cup, right? You're not playing your full roster in those tournaments. It is Mm -hmm. a development opportunity for younger players, reserve players. So Again, like it just like I think the fundamental question needs to get asked of like when you're adding competitions to the calendar, what are you trying to get out of them? Right. Because the Challenge Cup, as it originally existed, had a very different purpose for exactly one year. And we have moved past that and they're still trying to shoehorn a big deal <laughs> into right. something that that doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it has its excitement, but the excitement is more like, what can we learn about this player who maybe only played, you know, 150 minutes in 2021? But that, um, like, there's value to that for yeah. us, right? Like, I, and I think you just kind of have to embrace that of we're going to see players that we, we might not see again for a bit, or, you know, you have to be at training in order to see. And, and that is valuable in terms mm-hmm. of actually being able to get quality looks at people, but yeah, it, it is, you know, I, I, I think our conversation so far has actually been pretty on the nose in terms of there's, there's just kind of limitations to this thing, but that's not to say that it won't be interesting. It might not yeah. be great, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, which I feel like is a good, um, I feel like an NWSL fan has to have embraced that mindset long ago, that 
it, it might not be good. There might be a problem, uh, but it will be interesting. Um, yeah. So before before we wrap up, um, since we are talking Challenge Cup and since we've both, neither of us have seen a single team play one single game. Uh, yep. Uh, but the Challenge Cup is here, so we might as well take a, a blind uh, stab at how we think these things are going to shake out. Um, so Meg, as the guest, I guess we'll start with the East, where it's the Spirit, Orlando, Gotham, and the Courage. Um, who do you like to win that group? Who, what's your... What's your prediction? I mean, I think the Spirit are definitely going to be under pressure to to come into that tournament and not necessarily make a statement, right? But like the expectation for the Spirit is going to be, you know, defending champs. Mm -hmm. I do think your point about Gotham, right? That Gotham is going to feel they made it to the final last year. That felt like a real accomplishment for them. I think that there is maybe going to be a little bit more priority for Gotham on this tournament, just in terms of the way that their roster has also this is a win right now team. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just in terms of, you know, thinking about the way that the Houston dash felt about the original one mm -hmm. for me, it really is like what teams are going to go into this and want to make a point to like flex some muscle early and maybe mm -hmm. be like, don't, don't underestimate us for the rest of 2022 spirit have kind of that pressure, but Gotham is the team. I think that's going to approach this slightly differently than some of the others Orlando. I'm so curious to see what Orlando looks like, but mm -hmm. their off season has not necessarily been a great one. <laughs> um, yeah. North Carolina too, also lost a lot of players. So for me, the East, I, I think Gotham is definitely going to be in the mix for that number one spot. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the spirit, but like if Gotham were to win it, because like in, what is I'm trying to pull up the schedule in like the fifth game for both teams, if, Gotham pulls up with the full best 11 mm -hmm. and the spirit is ready to maybe, you know, maybe Andy Sullivan and Kelly O'Hara are going to play like the final 15. Um, that's kind of a, that's a, a pretty big advantage, a great test for the spirit, but um, maybe not, you know, I, I do kind of think they're going to end up in one of the, um, or the one second place spot, but you know, we could get thrown a curveball. Gotham could come out and, just be like, no, no, we're also completely in testing mode here. So don't worry about us. Um, okay. So I've just minimized it. I don't know why I did that. Um, the central division, uh, Chicago, Houston, Kansas city, and uh, good old Rossing Louisville. Um, it's nice. First of all, that there's like a place for these teams because in the past there were not yeah, enough they, teams on the West coast and someone would no. get shoehorned into, you know, four hour flights to play know, these congrats games on like a true central division now like i feel yeah. so happy for everyone it's it's really nice i guess i guess of all these teams chicago is the one that's been enduring that like you're either stuck one way or the other the longest so um that's great for them um who who do you who do you got in the center the center of the center division well we'll just go with it um it's the middle I, I one you know, again, in terms of like ambition, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I do think it's a tournament of who's going to have real ambition. And here I think Louisville is, is probably okay. kind of in terms of that power ranking, number one for me, like new coach, right? Mm -hmm. um, again, some new roster moves current, I think are also going to be in that mix. But I, I think, you know, in terms of the narrative vibes, Louisville for me, I think would be a really interesting and fun pick to have them in the mix for a challenge cup final. So I'm going to, I'm going to okay. talk my, my vote behind them. Nice. Um, yeah. I think that, I think they're definitely going to be one of the more motivated team. I don't think anyone's ever faulted Louisville for a uh, lack of ambition. Um, yeah. Like they definitely want to be better than they were last year um, that they might not always make the right choice, but they are like real, really fired up to be uh, a contender. So I could see them caring quite a bit. I think I'm going to go with Kansas City, um, another team that seems very uh, big on ambition now, um, especially off the field with them building a, literally a downtown stadium, not just a stadium for themselves, but a downtown stadium. It's pretty, it's still mind blowing. Uh, however many months it's been since they said they were going to do that. Um, so I, I'm going to go with them with um, Lynn Williams and assume I'm assuming Sam Mewis plays some. Um, <laughs> um, 
so maybe 15 minutes total, but, um, <laughs> right. Um, you know, if, if she's not able to do very much, then maybe I, I might come to regret this, but it's fine. We're, we're flying blind. Um, I can go, I can be the one that says Kansas city and then ends up completely wrong. Um, finally in the West, you've got, uh, the expansion teams, angel city and San Diego, plus the, the, uh, the old rivals in OL rain online rain, as I, they're never going to, they're never going to call themselves that, but I feel like they've missed out. Uh, and Portland Thorns. Um, Meg, Meg, what do you think here? Because I, I don't know. I think I, I think this one might be the easiest of them, in my opinion. For me, it's Rain. Yeah. I, yeah. I, to me, Rain have, I think, the biggest case for strongest team this season, right? And that seems kind of wild, considering that they lost, you know, two really important players from Lyon who got to escape back to France and, mm-hmm. you know, call the American experiment a relative success right but mm-hmm. Laura Harvey um this team I think is still built in a really good and interesting way and I think you know this is kind of the team that's always been the almost right and mm-hmm. one of the games that I had pulled out for games to watch in my preview piece was OL Rain versus um San Diego at home because for me it does not matter who they put on the field, whether Megan Rapinoe is out there playing or not, right? Or just Fishlock, any number of these players. These have to be statement games for them, mm. I think. And just saying, like, 2022, we're not going to mess around, right? And I think that was kind of Portland's mission last year. Portland, I think, is in a very different place. Just you have Lindsey yes. Horan in France. Crystal Dunn is gone, right? And those are two really major pieces that are going to be really hard for them to replace rain did not necessarily get hit in that same way so mm-hmm. for me rain is really i think kind of my early season like that's the team that i'm watching all year kind of no matter who they play because my expectations for them honestly are very high yeah i also was thinking ol rain just um you know i i did a um in the um SB Nation Slack, I just had the like itch to do it. So I did a like tier maker without real thought. It was just like, let me get the tier list uh, generator thing from the internet. And I'm just going to put these teams in tiers real quick. Um, And the only team I put in this, the top tier with the spirit was the rain. And my thinking is the spirit have, in my opinion, the best 11. Um, But I think the rain has, they got, they have more proven depth. Um, I think they are deeper and the challenge cup appears to be, if nothing else, we're going to be seeing how deep teams are, um, how close to their a game they can, they can, uh, bring on a weekly basis with all this rotation that I'm sure Laura Harvey's I'm sure got in mind for herself as well. Um, but yeah, I think that they seem very well positioned, um, to do well as compared to, you know, like you said, with Portland, you know, this is great. It's a great tournament for them to figure out how to deal because they've Angela Salem retired, Lindsay yeah, Horan is yeah. and 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 done. So they've got to remake. I mean, it's Rocky Rodriguez and a, a whole new midfield, um, right. which is not ideal. I don't think uh, for them. So it's great for them to figure out what the next step is um, for for, for um, their new coaching staff as well to figure all that out. But yeah, I think this is going to be a down tournament for Portland. Um, I kind of can't decide. I kind of want to say that one of the expansion teams is going to spring an upset, but I really can't decide which one I think it's going to be. I, I think it's San Diego, just also because Angel City, again, we want to talk about Paige Nielsen's rib on Instagram, right. but like between Paige Nielsen and Sarah Gordon both going out with really unexpected injuries, yes. right? Like that's a, a huge blow right off the bat. And I did really like the move from angel city to immediately go out and be like, Oh no, we've got to pick up another player. And they mm-hmm. picked up Madison Hammond. Right. Which is a great, great decision from them, but also like to have half of your starting back line gone yeah. for your first, like, it, it's just like, you're going to have adjustment problems no matter what. And that's, that's not their fault. No, right? you can't predict these injuries at all. Yeah. Right. But I do think, you know, if I'm going to be looking for something more from an expansion team, San Diego is is probably the mm. one that I'm looking at and going like Kaylin Sheridan, right? If Kaylin Sheridan is playing significant right. minutes, that is automatically kind of a difference maker for me. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. I, I am still curious about San Diego's midfield in that I don't know who will play there. Um, 
because once Casey Stoney, like, I think it was a month ago, she did a press conference where she was asked, you know, how do you, what do you see of Naomi Gurma? You've got a lot of center backs. And she's like, no, she's a center back. And it was like, okay, that removes one possible midfielder from a very short list. Um, so I'm, I maybe one of the most interesting teams to me in the whole league is like, when you look at their roster build and you say, okay, which of these players could be a midfielder um, you get into like, is Kelsey Turnbow a midfielder? She didn't look like yeah. one in college, but maybe she no. has to be. Um, yeah. It's actually going to be Alex Morgan at the six. Okay. I, I just spoiled it all. <laughs> I, I personally would watch it. So yeah, I'm, I'm into that. Um, I, I don't know how much she would be into that, but <laughs> I, I feel like it would be um, a fun experiment if nothing else. Um, but yeah, I, their games are going to be very watchable. You've got a lot of hugely talented players. It's and a, a coach that has played a style that tends to be, you know, lots of pressing. So you've got a lot going on, very eventful games. Um, but in NWSL, generally speaking, a team that doesn't that can't manage a midfield at a contender level does not become a contender. Yeah, um, I, and I think that honestly, you know before we're trying to figure out what the the meaning of the challenge cup is, right? What I think is going to be really interesting. And it's not just for us. Every team now is going to finally get their first look at angel city and San Diego mm -hmm. wave. So like for them, yes, it is a, a good thing that they're finally getting games against NWSL competition, but it's, it's kind of this double-edged sword, right? Where Gotham is going to be able to finally have tape, right. Of what right. this team looks like, get a sense of, you know, for San Diego, like what is their midfield, right? Like how do we actually play them when we face them in the regular season? So if there is one like especially good and interesting thing coming out of this tournament, it's getting real looks at Angel City and San yeah. Diego. Yeah, those are, those are, I, I mean, I'm going to try and watch all of the games, but those are two teams that I'm like top of my list because we have not seen them play soccer before. We know that they have stuff going on. They've released logos and shirts and things like that. And that's all we got. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I guess, I guess we'll finish here. Um, who do you, who do you think is going to win it all? Who do you think is going to win the vaunted challenge cup title? I mean, again, my pick, I think for, for early season, OL rain, okay. like I, I think I just generally the teams that have won something before have not necessarily felt the pressure right to really step it up for challenge cup i think to your point kind of the approach that chris ward has said right of how they're mm -hmm. going to approach this tournament the two teams i think that are strongest going into the season are the spirit and ol rain but i think that there is maybe a little bit more on the line for ol rain to make that statement right off the bat and say hello <laughs> 2022 <laughs> is ours right yeah i mean that would not that would not shock me in the least um i could also see laura harvey like maybe by the fourth round being like, okay, we're in a good position. Let's maybe, I kind of want to go for it. I kind of want to win something. Um, and, and being maybe a little willing to make, be the one that makes that, that turn towards, um, you know, putting, putting their foot on the gas a little bit that I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, I also just think that they're in like a, a favorable group just because yes. again, Portland is kind of in this rebuild and two expansion teams I, for that, like just from a group point of view, like, OL Reign, I think, has the strongest position to come out yeah. with a very strong record. And then, it, I mean, it depends on, in theory, if you finish first, you're meeting the number four team, that best second place team. Mm -hmm. So that is, in theory, the easiest path, path to the final. And that's why I think OL Reign, for me, is is going to be my pick. And then you also, um, I, they are still sticking with the, the top team in the final gets to host, right? Um, have I? Or is Which, that... we, we think, yeah. Yeah. We think. <laughs> So it, it an assumption is being made here. Um, yeah. but yeah, um, if they, that team with the easiest group stage, it stands to reason would then get to host, which is pretty good deal. If you're, um, the rain and you've already eliminated Portland at that point, everyone's got a bit of a trip to come up there, um, to then play on turf because it's very good that they're on Lumen field, but it is a turf field. Um, so it's not a perfect situation anyway. Uh, Meg, I think, um, I've, I've kept you longer than I had planned. So I appreciate your taking the time, um, for anyone that doesn't, I, I would be completely baffled, uh, if they don't know <laughs> where to find your stuff on the internet, but if you'd like to tell them this is your chance. Sure. So I, as always, I'm at the athletic, right. Um, I'm at it's Meg Linehan on Twitter and 
Instagram, though on Instagram, really, it's just like photos of my foot in a walking boot right at the moment. Um, so it's not really anything great until probably I start traveling for there's work usually, again. There's a shoe on your right foot, though. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I shoes... get like my one sneaker choice. Yes. That's, that's, it, it has been really funny because I've had like different sneakers for most of my physical therapy appointments. And every time I walk in, my physical therapist is like, all right, all right. <laughs> how many pairs of sneakers do you have? And I was like, we don't need to talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> And that's the show. Thanking Meg for her time once again. It was a very fun chat. Always a, a pleasure to talk to her and and really get into the weirdness of the Challenge Cup. I think it has its like like we were talking about. It has its its points of interest. It's just still a very strange thing that exists, which I guess is kind of in my wheelhouse anyway. This show uh, you can find online. The Twitter account is at Plexweather, all one word. My Twitter account, my personal one, which is where most of my spirit-related tweets are going to come from, is at JasonDCSoccer. That's all one word again. And my writing will primarily be at BlackAndRedUnited.com. The Twitter account is BlackAndRedU, all one word a third time. If you're sensing a theme, you are correct. The podcast website is PlexWeather.Pinecast.co. All the past episodes are there, so you can listen to spirit players talking about cicadas, or if you don't want to deal with cicadas in your brain anymore, you can listen to my last episode had Tori Huster talking all about the CDA from the Players Association perspective. Much more educational, I think, than a cicada episode, um, but you can get both. You can have, you can eat your vegetables, so to speak, and really be nourished and, and refreshed by some intelligent CBA talk, and then you can also uh, hear about cicadas and become a weirdo. These are the, the the breadth of experience that you can have on Plexweather. Find the podcast at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. I believe there are others. There almost certainly are. It's on there. If you rate and review at the outlets that allow for you to rate and review, apparently this makes the algorithms uh, like this podcast more than other podcasts. So if you could do that, it's a tremendous help. If you want to spread the word through word of mouth, even better. Uh, that one actually means something to me rather than the other one, which means something to an algorithm. Both is best, um, where we're, we have to please the algorithms when we can. The Plexweather website has a tip jar if you want to financially support the podcast. Um, it makes a huge difference. I do not live near Audi Field, and I don't live at all near Segra Field, uh, which is about 40 miles further west. So just gas alone and the psychic cost of DC traffic, if you live in the area, you know what I'm talking about. The tip jar is a huge asset, a huge way to help me keep doing this because it can get tough. I'm not going to lie. It's fun, but it is, it's a job. It, it's a whole thing. So if you could support me there, that would be tremendous. I think I don't have anything else to say. So I'm going to end the podcast now so I can get myself out the door for that Maryland basketball game. Like I said, go Terps. They're going to win it all. Don't tell me about your bracket unless it says Maryland is the champion because that's the only good bracket. Thank you for listening.